I mean, you can't negotiate. You can't no. with no. terrorists or with children. That's what I. My dad would always say. You don't negotiate with terrorists. That was his line. Never break. And I always also like. I can't let my wife disagree with me in front of the children. No, you can't. Right. No, Absolutely. unified front. You have to. Not be in front of the troops. Yeah. Not in front of the troops. True. But my thing is, when they're making sense, at what point do you like break character right. and be like, you're you're one hundred percent right. But right. we're in this situation when they're 12. together. Not until they're 12? <laughs> Not until they're 12. Six more years of this <laughs> shit? <laughs> if you got some time to relax your mind, come out with this The Real Dad Podcast. Welcome to The Real Dad Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Mark. I'm Fred. I'm Joey. And I'm Brian. That's right. We're joined today by the one and only fearless fred oh my god Kennedy. <laughs> that's me this is back-to-back guests for us guys we're doing good things <laughs> who was the last guest uh we had joey's brother josh and sister-in-law laura on to talk about uh postpartum depression <coughs> oh, so yep. like a pretty heavy topic yeah um we're so jumping gears here with fred yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna get that dark don't yeah. worry i mean i can i have that gear in the box i can get dark if you want to i don't think we want to though we see where nah, this goes we we don't have any agenda tonight i feel mm-hmm. like uh we've done less research than smartlist does for their guests yeah oh um, absolutely definitely. but we Stop do name dropping other podcasts <laughs> But what if they get a hint and then they just decide to listen? And then right. Jason Bateman is like, man, the Real Dead Podcast is so hot right now. Yep. It yeah, could be a thing. You're totally. so right. It's entirely possible. Yeah. You might get some work out of that, actually. Right? You never oh, know. I'll post some pictures of my of my upstairs that you guys redid. One thing leads to another. Absolutely. That's how it works. Are you doing Bateman's house? Yeah. Absolutely. It could happen. It could totally happen. So, Fred is uh, very well accomplished in your career. You are currently mm. on 107.1. The- the voice of yeah yeah Q. yeah Q. and, and then he's got a comic book that you've got out you've got your own podcast uh yeah. which is like a fan fiction of Star yeah Wars. Not, i'll give you that one i yeah. will give you that one you're allowed to plug <laughs> this that. is a, this right. a it's a, like an audio drama so it's completely different wheelhouse you don't have to cool. worry about it at all <laughs> it's like believe me I, there's audiences could probably like interchange absolutely yeah right. but Mine's set in a galaxy far, far away. Far, far, far. <laughs> yeah. nice. So we got to meet Fred for the first time a long last time ago when Joey and I were much smaller, um, working on disaster decks. And Fred was one of the, uh, what do you call? Deckies. Deckies. Yeah. Disaster <laughs> He deckers. had a disaster deck and yeah. we were teaching him how to uh, revamp it, rebuild it. And we got to transform his backyard with him, yeah. which was so much fun. And that was back when you had just had your first yeah. kid, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, he, that was when Wilfred was, uh, like, not just about, not even a year old at that point. I can remember him, like, up against the glass of the door, like, looking at yeah. Being very kind of upset <laughs> that he couldn't come out yes. and hang out with everybody. Yeah. He's a very social guy and I believe to this my, day. My wife was expecting while, you, while we were there, so I was like, oh, what wow. am I looking forward to? So this is, like, kind of like the prequel to yeah. the dad podcast, and now we're coming full circle. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> we made it back. Yeah, <laughs> but we got to hang out with Fred at a few different chorus events back when we were working on HGTV shows. Mm-hmm. We ran into each other. Okay. I wanted to talk about that. Okay. Because right. I ran into you guys, and I remember it was the upfronts at the Chorus Key. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I, I told Jess about it, and I always wanted, I felt bad about when I saw you guys because I was in, like, the worst 
spot mentally. Like oh, ever yeah. in my career, I had we had a manager and I were uh, very very different people, and he had very specific visions that he wanted for the show that I was never going to achieve, and the constant headbutting. And it's like. I, I was in this space where it was like anybody who wasn't telling anybody who wasn't agreeing with me implicitly, I was like, they're against me. Oh, no. <laughs> they're against me. And I was in a really dark spot. And then I saw you guys and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. And I'm like, but I'm clinging onto this angry side. You know? <laughs> and then I was like, I, I, I remember I left. And I'm like, I feel bad about that interaction. No, it was, was a great bad. interaction. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, well. I was always one of those like, oh my God, that was so nice to see Fred. And it's like, Getting to see you, it's always like that celebrity that you get to like oh, run into at a place where it's like, whatever. no, but it's like that celebrity that's like, oh, he's my buddy. Like, oh, that's just friend. That's just, that's just friend, though. Like, like, me and him go way back. So back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then ever since then, Fred and his wife, Jess, invited us out to their place to look at mm-hmm. it. And we ended up renovating their main floor and their kitchen area. And they trusted us with their their house and he decided to come to the podcast so i guess we did a good enough job on the house <laughs> like, they're happy with that i, I watched you and brian doing a video and you're like talking about parenting stuff i'm like i am a parent i do, <laughs> I do, that. I do parent stuff it's fun yeah we can talk about parenting things and today's like the first day of school it's like a big parent yes. day it yes. was a big day yeah it's always a big big school day and our i don't know about you of where your kids at we'll let you jump in next but my daughter just started grade one so she's out of the kindergartens she's out yep. of like the baby school age and grade yeah. one has begun and now it's real school time was that stressful <clears throat> it was stressful yeah. yeah it was stressful getting into it but and then she was in a new class so dave's youngest abby and my oldest murph are the same age so they've shared the same classroom for jk and sk but this year they were split apart so we knew oh. this kind of going into Uh-oh. it did they know um, we found this out on friday so we let the girls know over the weekend um, we let them know over the weekend that like listen you're not going to have your cousin in your class but we think this is a good idea. It can expand your boundaries. You can get new friends. It'll be good things. They don't have an adult's mind at yeah. all. Uh, kids <laughs> this is the worst one. thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, oh, should, no. we basically should have just like shot them. That was how the reaction was. Like, you have killed me. My life I just, is I thought we weren't getting dark. Like, I thought we were keeping everything pretty light here. Yeah. No, but honestly, like, Murph took it pretty well when I explained it to her of just like, listen, you're still going to see Abby because she goes over to Dave's house after school. Uh, my sister watches them post school. So you're still going to see them every day. You're going to get to hang out. You're going to get to play. So then that kind of calmed her down, got her through it. And today was a successful day. Yeah. That's and then awesome. I was saying, like, they're way less likely to fight now after school because of, like, like, Joey and I spend a lot of time together, but like these kids, they would go to school together, spend all day in the same class, then come home and like the cranky time after school, they would still spend together and play. And it's like, I think some time in the middle of the day is going to be good for you guys. (laughs) Have a little break up a little bit, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because our kids were, they switched schools. Last year, they went to a new school, oh. and now they're back at their old school. Oh. So I haven't even been home yet. For, nope. So I don't know how the day went, but I'm very keen to see how that went. Because yeah. it's like when I was growing up, we were a military family, so we moved. Right. So oh. for me, it was like you're just elastic. Like you, you just figure it all out as you go. Mm-hmm. But they're not used to that. Like they've never lived anywhere else. Yeah. They've always been in the same house. By the time I was... My oldest sage, like going into the seventh grade, I had been lived in like six different places oh, and wow. had gone to three different schools. So 
for me, a new school in the seventh grade wasn't that big of a deal at yeah. all. Mm -hmm. And then, but for him, I'm legitimately curious. But the thing that's, while I was being in the same neighborhood in the same house the whole time, all of his friends are the same friends that live on the street right. that he sees all the time. So even if he doesn't have classes with them, and I know that one of his best friends on the street is in his class. Nice. So he's still got that safety net. You yeah. Know? But it's, I am always concerned. And that's the weird thing is like, I'm always concerned. Yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> do you think that ever goes away? No. Because my daughter, same thing. She started, we, we just moved. She started brand new grade one. Oh, yeah. Because you had like the summer of going to all the different camps and you yeah. were like, how is this going to play out? But my anxiety today was just through the roof right. on behalf of her. Like I was nervous about and I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, I wonder how her day's going. Like, I hope she's yeah. doing good. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, I'm like, does it ever go away? Or are we just going to be nervous about our kids first day of everything for the rest of our lives? Yeah. My no. dad was over on the weekend and my dad was nervous for the kids yeah. because my dad hated going to school <laughs> in the mornings and like, especially first day of school, he was getting nervous for the kids. And yeah. he's like, you're going to have to call me tomorrow because I'm going to be anxious all day wondering how it went for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're always afraid all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> they don't tell you that, though. They no. do not tell you that. I, it, I, I was at Fan Expo a few years ago hosting a panel, like a one-on-one -on -one panel with Peter Weller, RoboCop. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. And he, he's famous. No, he is famous. Don't he yeah. RoboCop. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. It's crazy. I host K. You can't name drop RoboCop and then two Turn degrees back. of separation from I RoboCop now. 100%. So <laughs> I know RoboCop now. Peter Weller was, was like talking about how he goes, the most crazy thing is, is that you're always terrified for your kid. Right. No matter what's going on, he's like, he goes, he goes, I, I land like this amazing role in this big action movie and I'm flying all around the world. And my concern is, how's my kid's feeling today? Like, yeah. like that's yeah. how, like, he goes, that's where your head set. Your head is always in that frame where yeah. it's just worried about the state of your kids and are they happy and how is what you're doing affecting your children, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? And that's really like how it feels today, like in the sense that, if, if let's just say that the comic I'm doing right now, I get a phone call and it's like Amazon studios wants to develop it, which won't happen because there's a strike on right now, but, but, but it could, but it, it, but it could announce it on the podcast. It, it, Who knows it, it, who's it, listening, right? Exactly. Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman is going to give me a call. <laughs> get it? So the, that could happen. But if I got home and then Jess goes, Oh, the boys had a terrible first day at school. When I lay right. down, my thought process isn't going to be, oh, that Amazon money is going right. to be sweet. It's like, what can we do to make tomorrow just a little bit yeah, better? Yeah, absolutely. What can we do? How can this affect them? Maybe I'll get them a role in the show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's see if that makes them happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a concept that we've been circling around for a while where it's like, is, is life more difficult as a present parent? Because it Definitely. seems like if you weren't being present, life would almost be easier. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be worrying about, but the fulfillment that you get from being involved in your kid's life and seeing them through these struggles, I think is well worth the, the harder path that you're traveling by being a present parent. Yeah. Right. I, I think I, I always feel like it's harder to be present, but then never get involved in what they're doing in the sense. I mean, not in a sense never being involved, but never fighting those battles for them. And I remember 
like my dad when I was getting picked on him like you got to go up and you got to just throw a few punches and that was always his thing he was if you just come in and throw a few punches they'll go away mm. but it must have been like terrifying for him to be like, okay, go go, go, through, go figure that yeah, out now. Yeah, fight yeah, yeah. I have given you some horrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. And, uh, go figure it out. And it's like, I, I always want to go get involved, but it's like, you can't. And to me, that's the hardest right. thing. Right. Yeah. Is making them figure those things out for themselves. See, I always thought my dad gave advice on like, you pick the bully, you go throw the punches so that the bully could beat the shit out of me because he couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think he, he gave me that advice. That's an interesting way of approaching I, I've that. I've always thought of that. I'm like, this guy just literally wants to live vicariously through this bully right now. Right. <laughs> Remember when you said he wouldn't clean your room? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's paying him off in the background. Yeah, just yeah. Slipping them 50s? <laughs> Anyways. Oh. But I think caring about anything makes it har- like it makes anything harder, right? Yeah, like the second fair. you care about and put intention into anything, if something bad happens to it, you're going mm-hmm. to feel bad or you're going to feel like more unresolved trying to work through it. Yeah. So for me, it was really cool last night. So this morning dropping kids off at school went pretty seamlessly. Like it went awesome. quite well. But last night um we or yesterday we went to a beach we went out to Coburg beach we had a fun beach day out in the sun all day so we thought that was gonna tucker the kids out they'd get a good sleep before school so we're trying to put the kids to bed and my son he starts like oh i don't feel good i don't feel good like i think i'm gonna throw up i think i'm gonna throw up and we're like trying to figure out like okay he was in the sun all day maybe he's got some sunstroke like have some water. He's like, the water makes it worse. I feel like I throw up. So then my wife goes to get some like Tylenol or gravel, like something. And he's like, no, like, like scared of the medicine. Like, I don't want to take this medicine. Like, what's it going to do to me? It's going to make me throw up. Mm. And I'm sitting in the other room, snuggling my youngest Abby. And she's kind of all content getting ready for bed. And I can hear Ben in the other room. And he's like, why did we even go to the beach? Like that was like, why did I do like go in the sun? And I could hear him just spiraling. And like, normally we would think like, okay, it's an, you're sick. Yeah. You need to have something. It's something you ate. It's something you drank. But because we've been talking so much more about like anxiety and feelings and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I was like, shit, like when I'm anxious, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I think mm-hmm. that's what it might be. So I crawled up into his bed and I'm like laid down with him. And I'm like, buddy, I think you're just anxious because that's how I feel when I'm anxious. And he was kind of like processing. He's like, but why, why do we get anxious like this dad? And I'm like, it's just neat finally having the tools to answer some of these questions. And I'm like, well, some people it's like, you're usually worried about the past or worried about the future. And I'm like, you had a real rough year at school last year with some bullying Mm -hmm. and like, you should be terrified to go back to school. Like that makes sense as a feeling (laughs) like great advice. It makes sense to be feeling that right now. So uh, my wife like had the medication there. We just kind of left it on the bedside table and I pulled out Settler's Catan on my phone and we just played a game. And it even like reminded me of like youth Mark saying like, well, like why not do something? Like why Mm -hmm. not just take the extra time? And in my brain, it was like, like it doesn't matter if he goes to bed at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock as long as he's like feeling better and going to bed. Mm -hmm. So we just played a game on my phone it totally distracted him from what he was going through. And I said, like, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to just play and distract? And we talked about it a little bit about like his nervousness and anxiousness of wrap, like what's wrapped up in that feeling of going back. And then afterwards he was like, like, thanks dad. That like really helped. That's a and went to bed, sure, yeah. woke up and was like fine mm-hmm. for school today. So it was just awesome. like interesting getting the tools to realize what your kid is going through as opposed right. to being like, 
all right, like just fucking throw up then. You're going to feel better after you right. throw up. But it's like realizing <laughs> that it's actually something more that he's experienced. Well, and how easy, how easy is it oftentimes to just get caught up in it's freaking bedtime. Just you have go. to go to bed. Yeah. Like yeah. you've reached that point. You have to go to bed now instead of, and like how much worse of a night would he have had where now he's struggling with anxiety, laying in bed, thinking about all the things that could potentially happen. Not sleeping just, at all. Exactly. Take an hour with dad, whatever you're doing in the bed, but yeah. getting through that anxiety, Wait. going through that panic attack and then getting to bed. Right. It was a big dad win. Big dad moment. Solid dad win. That's great. Yeah. So you always have to like determine whether it's legitimate feelings. Yes. Right. So, and I say that, which is could ostensibly sound horrible. <laughs> we all jumped on board anyway. <laughs> so, I've got two kids. Mm-hmm. One of them, if they get tired, they just shut down. They're yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep. Right. The other one, if they're too tired, they get emotional. Mm-hmm. And then they spiral. But it's different than like a legitimate spiral it's this tiredness induced mm, spiral yeah. and i can i'm getting pretty good at telling the difference because the tiredness induced spiral only happens at bedtime yeah. right and it only happens on days where they've been super active and yeah. they didn't get much sleep the night before right yeah and it's like you just start to observe the behavioral patterns and like i'm the same boat of just laying down and talking about feelings and the thing is, is that when my one son who gets super anxious, I like to just talk to him and just have a conversation. And then he almost sort of forgets what he's feeling ang- anxious about yeah. and just has a conversation about something else. And we talk our way through it. And then on the other end, he's like, I'm fine. We've been talking about something else. But if he's overtired and it's like, <laughs> and it becomes this inconsolable nature of things. Right. I'm like, I know what you're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I know just, the minutes. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're just tired. You're yeah. just tired. I'm not just tired. It's like I'm yeah. yeah. It's like those commercials, you're not you when you're hungry. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're not you when it's you're too sleepy. DeVito. <laughs> you know? So I'm intrigued about this a bit because this, I think, is the path that my son is going on. Yeah. So he's almost four. Um, so do you find that, was he like that at that younger age as well? When, yeah, but he was always good at sleeping. Like he's right. always a good sleeper. And now the issues always come if he's up late the night before. Right. And, and during summer, you know, bedtimes are kind of, yeah. they're kind mm-hmm. of fluid. Yeah. Some nights you go to bed at like 1030. The next night you're going to bed at like quarter to nine. Yeah. Right. So we try and get them to bed around nine o'clock, you know, so they can get a good night's sleep because he would, he doesn't like to sleep in. He likes to get up super early, mm-hmm. hop on screens and play with his friends and build with Lego in the basement. He doesn't like to sleep. Right. So if he's up late the night before and then gets up early that morning, I'm always very leery about how bedtime is going to be. Yeah. Just got to make sure you get him down and don't get him thinking about things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? So that might be one of my keys then. Cause he's definitely going to be like that. Like right now he's at the age that we still very much control his bedtime and yeah. we're very regimented with it. But with days like yesterday, cause we were at Cobra beach as well. So it was a very big day for Cooper. Like he didn't stop all day. And this kid is, he's, he's something else. He <laughs> runs into the water, a fire he comes out of the water, dives <clears throat> into the sand and then does like four barrel rolls in the sand. Nice. Covered back into the water again. So half person, half puppy probably. Yeah. But, <laughs> 
<laughs> so we get home and it's shower time. So we still do like we've got a bigger shower. So I get in there with the kids and it's always a who's going to get washed first. Yeah. Like, who are we dealing with first here? Wow. Left my ringer on. That is embarrassing. I'm living. Um, wow. So we're in the shower. It's who's going to go first. And usually my daughter's pretty good about volunteering because she knows that sometimes this can happen. But neither of them wanted to go first. Like, okay, I put a little toy behind my back. All right, pick your hand. Whoever gets the hand gets to pick who's going first. Cool. Do the reveal. My daughter gets the thing, so she gets to pick. And I'm like, she's going to freaking pick him to go first. <laughs> Let alone, yeah, Cooper's going first. He just stood and screamed at my face for a good oh, 30 shit. seconds straight. And it's exactly what you just said. I'm like, you're exhausted. Right yeah. Now. Most of the time, he's a pretty chill kid, but you're just out of your mind tired. And this is your solution. I'm pretty good at just ignoring that stuff. My wife came in because it had been 30 seconds straight of him just <laughs> screaming. And she's like, uh, do you need something I'm like honestly babe i'm good i'm just ignoring <laughs> the fact that this is happening and then it wasn't two minutes later that she cracked a joke and he's laughing and back to himself they're so time. like mercurial when they're tired like that i always find that if he's really tired and super emotional i just try and get him thinking about something good yes. that's coming up and then he gets fixated on that and then it's over Right. So he's easy to manipulate one. Yeah. <laughs> so like I do that with food. What would you do, hypothetically speaking? You move to a new town, okay? Got and it. you're on well water now. Okay. <laughs> hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically. Okay. Yeah. And the the water is like has a lot of iron in it. Mm. So it comes out with this very pungent smell of pennies. Mm. And it looks like urine. Mm. Now mm. bath time, hypothetically, comes up. <laughs> now you gotta bathe a six-year-old. And a two-year-old who want nothing to do with this water situation. And I can't stand the smell myself. Hmm. So my daughter, getting her dressed, she is now overtired, hypothetically. <laughs> we get her in, water's cooking, and it smells really, really bad. So my daughter's crying and going like, why do I have to shower if it smells like ground beef? I don't want to get water. And, that's, and I'm like... I want to praise her right now because right. it does. It does smell like ground right. beef. But you can't. You can't logic with that. And then now the kid, like she influences the, the younger mm, one, and then yeah. it's just meltdown central. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean. You can't negotiate. You can't with no. terrorists or with children. That's what I, my dad would always say. You don't negotiate with terrorists. Oh. This is line. Never break. And I always also like, I can't let my wife disagree with me in front of the children. No, you can't. Absolutely. No. Unified front. You yeah. have to. Not in front yeah. of the troops. Yeah. Not in front of the troops. Be. True. But my thing is, when they're making sense, at what point do you like break character right. and be like, you're, you're 100% right? But right. we're in this situation when they're 12. together. Not until they're 12. <laughs> Not until they're 12. Six more years of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it I does smell like, like ground beef, but you still got a chef. Yeah. 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 That's what it comes down to. I yeah. think I've done that a lot with Murph lately because they're the same age, yeah. daughters. And like, I feel like at six, they're starting to get a little bit of that. You can explain something to them and mm -hmm. they, it hits. Yeah. Where it's like, you are correct. And I think that oftentimes they need to hear that. Cause it's mm -hmm. like, is nobody fucking <laughs> seeing this right now? Yeah. It smells like ground beef and pennies. Like, I let them pick out like a shampoo, like take them to the shampoo aisle, let them oh, pick yeah. out what right. they want. So it That's smells like what they some want. Aromatherapy going yeah, on. Yeah. Like in, 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 I mean, to be clear, I'm putting in a system that's going to 
clean up the wall. That's the answer. So you have to like legitimately ask, like, what are your suggestions? But so this is the thing. I'm in it, and and my and my wife is in it, and we're both trying to solutionize a thing at. And we've got both of them crying, and I'm like, my my only thought was to throw bath bombs mm. at this urine yeah. ground beef infested water. Don't do that. Just it don't do that. It made it worse. It, well, it didn't make it better. Oh. And then a bad idea in front of your wife is just like even that more of a bad idea. Like, why would you do that? There are these little tabs. You can get these aromatherapy tabs for if you take a really hot shower. Yeah. And they got like eucalyptus and peppermint. And I would throw those in. Yeah. And if I'm having a shower, I find that if I'm starting to get like a feeling like maybe a migraine is coming on, I get in the shower if it's really hot. Throw one of those guys in it. They're tiny great. little guys, like that big, yep. but the size of a you know, like a loony or or an Oreo cookie is almost Ooh, exactly that's the, the size. They are. Okay. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the size. So I've used these as well. <laughs> so you throw them in, and then if the shower is hot, it gets the steam, and it makes yeah. the whole bathroom smell like you're in a sauna, like well, with eucalyptus thank you guys and stuff. So much for solving well, my hypothetical yeah. problem. <laughs> Sometimes kids are just going to be kids, and there's no fix. Yeah. And there's no making sense of it. Like right now, uh, my three year old is just flipping out about everything mm-hmm. and there's no right like she's just the excuse is that she's growing up like she's just getting older like she's going there's no, she's not tired yeah she's she's i don't know she's she's like perfectly fine you're giving everything <laughs> everything that she wants she's just there's no explaining it it's just really that's yeah. a fascinating age three that's three when is the yeah. hardest i have found yeah, right. yeah. Three, by all three, three of your kids three was the hardest well, it so will. Far. I'm assuming, like so far, two of the three. Yes. Correct. <laughs> well, I mean, there yeah. there you go. I'd say three because everybody yeah. says like terrible twos, yeah. and they're like, no, like when they're two, they're freaking adorable. Still. Yeah. Like, right. They're still doing what you're telling them. What? And then when they hit three, then it's like that's disaster yeah, because they they're very opinionated and they know exactly where to tell you to go. <laughs> like, so, but I don't know. I feel like it's just like them growing and like trying to figure out their emotions but mm-hmm. like literally doesn't make any sense what they're doing most of the no. time yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, no. it's so hard to navigate i do wonder like our, our our oldest he was the chillest little guy yeah right. and i do wonder if he had been an only child if he would have been still a chillest little guy when he was three right and just like his little brother who was a handful <laughs> maybe like was a negative influence on him i do yeah. wonder if that's right what happened there. so meg just posed this question to our therapist because she's having a tough time with our daughter and connecting with her and she's six now and Meg is uh, six. I'm just kidding. You Go got ahead. it. Um, so in our therapist's opinion, she was saying that she actually runs off like the threes. So three, six, nine, twelve for kids. She's like, those are what, um, in her experience and her research are very difficult ages for kids with their parents, because at those milestones are when they are seeing big changes and experiencing big changes in themselves yeah. and finding their place in the world where it's like you've, you made the comment there of like figuring out their emotions, like yeah. literally figuring out what they are. Yeah. Like what is this emotion that I'm feeling? And how to communicate it. Cause that's exactly. the first time that they're like, they know the words to be able to express. Right? And like so. some of the words, yeah. <laughs> but like at three, they don't even have everything. Yeah. Yet, right. So yeah. they just have these bits and pieces that they can try to get across to you. And then six where Murph is at is like that. She's getting out of kindergarten and into real school. Mm-hmm. There's these big changes happening. She's again, she now has teeth. a well-established vocabulary and ability to explain things to us but not the ability to fully understand it mm-hmm. and then you have nine and twelve that are obviously as they're getting older and twelve is not going to be fun for there's anybody. just yeah. <laughs> such a long period of time where the response to their 
emotions is a physical one and not communicating. Yes. Which is like so hard to handle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Why didn't you just tell me this is what you want instead of like I'm spending five minutes trying to figure out what it is while they're rolling around on the floor. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's the challenging part I find. Yeah, right now absolutely. we're dealing with the puberty thing. Mm. Oh jeez. Oh, all his little friends. Because your oldest is in grade seven? Yeah. Okay. And oh, they're gosh. all like his friends are all starting to hit puberty and so <laughs> Go on. <laughs> he had his birthday and they all played laser tag. And then you've got the little party room in the back. And I think this is going to be one of the last, like, party parties that he right. gets to have. Right. Nice. And so you're in the party room, which just doesn't have any windows. And then they close the door. And, like, they all these boys are in this laser tag place running around. Oh, yeah. And then they all go into the <laughs> laser tag party room. And they're sitting down. They're eating their pizza. And I went out. And I came back in. I was like, <laughs> Right. one of those aroma I'm like, Yeah, I did. I'm like, and then one of the other dads. Like beef. Yeah. It was ripe. Oh, it was it ripe. And then yeah. one of the other dads came and he goes, That's not my kid, is it? They got to get deodorant. So now they're at that point where getting them to like put on deodorant and whatnot. Yeah. And like some kids will be like excited about those changes and others will be like devastated and. They're starting to get pimples and they all smell bad. And I'm like, you greasy little wieners, like <laughs> go shower and put on some deodorant. It's this never ending flux. Yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah. one thing, then the other. Yeah. And, and we're going to be afraid forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm right on the cusp of that. Cause my son's yeah. grade yeah. six. And I like, I know this is like the last year we have of him still being at that, like ability to go younger, like where right. at yeah. his age still, like he can still play with his youngest sister and like be a, be a young kid again. Mm -hmm. But it's at that age. Age where like school's gonna start changing as far as like what you need to wear what like yeah. what people are paying mm -hmm. attention to and stuff like that and then grade seven like i remember grade seven like <sighs> that's especially where like hormones are at your highest and like girls yeah. you're noticing more yeah. and like everything's <laughs> starting to be like <gasps> <laughs> it's terrifying <laughs> things oh. are moving oh i did God. not that i did not adjust well to that transition from grade six to grade seven and uh, like I, I didn't really start hitting puberty, puberty until like grade eight. Same. I was a late bloomer, and I rem, I remember, remember the first time one of your dudes in gym class had pubes. Was that like the most <laughs> jarring experience ever? Yeah, it was. I was like, I thought he was a freak. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, why am? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Or the armpit hair was uh, the was the worst. I still don't yeah. have armpit hair, dude. Yes. I'm in my forties. <laughs> I thought you shamed. I don't like. Uh -huh. I just don't grow it. I don't know what's blessing. going. That is yeah. a blessing. Yeah. Now you're an adult. You understand yeah. that that's yeah. a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a tough stage when you're a kid. Yeah, I do. I do like. You're talking about all these big moments, like uh, three, six, nine, and twelve. Like I'm definitely feeling that like yeah. wave of change coming. And not knowing your place in the world, and are you a kid or are you a teenager, and what's going on? But yeah. even as a dad, it's it's challenging to navigate those because, like you said, it's it even though you're fearless, you're filled with fear. <laughs> you know? Yeah, me and Peter Weller, man, we're yeah. terrified but all the time. <laughs> how did you handle it growing up, going like traveling all over the place and going like bouncing around? Were you as charismatic then dear god no my dad always like says he's like he goes i don't think you would be the person you were if it wasn't for the emotional abuse you took growing up oh, shit. Oh. and he goes i think that and i agree with him that yeah. i think that part of the reason i'm so 
been so driven professionally and have this like relentless hunger to succeed is because of all those people at that age, specifically junior high. Mm. Like it was grade seven and eight were just horrible years of mm. readjustment. And I wonder if it was that abuse then that really like put this like need in me. There's like a chip missing, you know, a chip mm. off the shoulder or chip on whatever the, exp- you know, something with chips and shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Doritos. Kept me motivated. And, and there's this, there's this, part of my brain that's like does he need to go through that to succeed maybe i should just let it ha- i don't know i feel like george bluth senior on arrested development where it's like if i just let one get abused and one not we'll see which was the right method at <laughs> the end like tying it back to willard and just abatement yeah so it's like i, I don't like, it's terrifying like everything you're doing you're second guessing it's like how much hand holding do i do versus, right yeah yeah so because like even like this year with my son like how he said the anxiety and he had dealt with some bullying last year. So then this year, like this, the kid that was bullying him was in his class again this year. So we found out that they were sharing a class again. We're like, Oh crap. So then when we did drop off today, like drop the kids off, they're doing their own thing. And as I was leaving, I saw the teacher for my son's classroom. He had his like little name on it and he wasn't in front of the class yet. He was like off to the side talking to another parent. So I kind of snuck over and introduced myself and I told him, I'm like, just so you know, like last year there was a little bit of an issue between my son and this kid. He's like, like, I don't know. It's a fresh start. It's a new thing. And he's like, well, why are they in the same class? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not in charge of that (laughs) stuff. (laughs) But so he was a little surprised by it, but I just giving him the heads up and like, just so you know that yeah. that's there, something to be aware of. But then I'm questioning in my mind, like, is that something like that I should have done, or am I overstepping? And I need have to you let my son to either deal with it. Before I have, oh, yeah. yeah. Are they awful people? They're great people. Weird. So it's a little bit of like, <laughs> I know. He's a hockey kid. He's a hockey kid. We talked yeah. a bit of that a little bit before. But like getting like he, I, it's a little bit of that like jab, like poking jabs, but not knowing the boundaries of it or when like, sometimes isolating one kid kind of thing. Do you wonder if if this kid is being intentionally mean? And then you always wonder like, is it the reaction? Like our two kids have yeah. very different reactions. So our youngest is always like, if you act like you don't care, they can't make fun of you. Exactly, and that's yeah. his that's his mentality. Like he has no problem disengaging yeah. and just walking away being like screw you guys i'm going home and right. many times in the summer he would just walk into the house i'm like what are you what are you doing he's like they're playing a stupid game i don't even want to hang out with them anymore <laughs> right I'm like and i'm like is everything okay like, yeah everything's fine i just it was boring i didn't want to be there whereas like his brother has this need of if somebody says something mean to you you gotta say something even worse back i'm like if you can. Right. Yeah. Like, but I don't think you're willing to go for the throat because you still want to be everybody's friend, friend at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Whereas, like, his brother's like, I'll destroy their self esteem. I have yeah. no problem. Yeah. He'll go score Very earth. similar in my household as yeah, our kids, same. too. Like, like do, do you, uh, and I wonder, like, sometimes there's situations where he's he's had an issue with a kid. And I do wonder if that issue that he's having started out as this tiny little thing and he just, played the ball wrong and then how do you teach him how to interact with things and that's always so frustrating it's a dance for sure yeah totally is a dance yeah Yeah. i think the thing is you you just try like i think that's the biggest thing as parents like all we have to do is just be there and try i think the worst thing you can do is 
disengage as a parent yeah and say okay i think there is a certain level of our kids need to figure out this life on their own they need to find their yeah. own path that yeah. needs to happen but at the same time they need to know that they have their parents there whenever shit gets too real where it's like that's the part that i'm learning through my journey that i've gone through so far in therapy was that I feel like I didn't have that. I didn't have mm. the ability to fall back and say, well, at least I've got this. If things are so bad at school, at least when I get home, I know I can talk to this about it. Mm. Yeah. I didn't have that. Or I feel like I didn't have that in my life where that's what our kids need for the confidence factor. Yeah. Where it's like you can get through, I think, most things in life, especially as a kid growing up, it's if you at least have the confidence of knowing, okay, I can talk this out. Yeah. I can talk this out with somebody where it's like, if you can't, if you don't have that in your back pocket, this life sucks a lot where it's like people just, you get ground down. Kids are the worst. <laughs> like <laughs> They find a way to just pick the thing about yourself that you already don't like. Right. Mm -hmm. um, especially those kids that are tend to be more bullies. So I think it's, I think that's the biggest thing that we can do as parents is just try. Something. This is a, okay. <laughs> this is another kid interaction thing. Like, what do you do with this one? Mm is so he went this is my oldest went they went to a different school last year and then he had this group there's three of them um we'll call them bill and we'll call them oliver <laughs> and so bill and oliver and wilford were like the bestest of buddies they right. were like the best buddies and then while wilford was away at another school uh bill and oliver uh a new kid came in mm. and this new kid that came in sort of became really good friends with Bill and then would make fun of Oliver. And then Bill and new kid sort of like almost ostracized Oliver out of their little situation. <laughs> so now that Wilfred's going back, we're always telling him like, Oliver's your guy. Right. He's like your best buddy. Right. So let me tell you something. If new kid says anything to Oliver and Bill starts laughing, do you laugh? And he goes, right. No, I'm like, that's right, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and Loyalty. It's exactly, and those lessons, and I, I try to explain this to my wife sometimes. I'm like, I don't know what it's like as a woman, but I am telling you, this is what it's like as a yeah, dude. Right. It's like there's this tribalistic nature of male friendships, and it, as adult... Good ones. Yes, yes. yes. Good ones. But as, as adult men now it's something we just instinctively understand yeah but at that age they're just starting to figure mm -hmm. that out yeah and it's mm -hmm. like you've got to your friends need to know you have their back yes. yes and that was the big like that was one of the hardest things for my son was that he didn't have any other kids that had his back yeah. even though they had this group of friends until it was uh after school into the summer when they did like this little baseball game. So school was done, but they still arranged to meet at the diamond to play ball. And the kid who is like the ringleader who causes the trouble, he tried rigging the team so that his team was stacked and they were just crushing them. And then my son was like, this is dumb. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Like we're not playing this. And then one of the other kids finally was like, yeah, you're right, Ben, this is dumb. And like walked away with Ben. And he was like, he finally felt that he had a buddy. And I was like, when my wife was telling me all about this, I was like getting teared up because it's like, oh, he's finally, like he's got a, a guy with yeah. him, right? And like all you hope for and want is that person to be able to stand up with you're you, Joey. right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, or like when you make your stand, mm -hmm. you, you don't want to look behind you 
and have it be empty, right? right. Like you, yeah. you just hope somebody's standing with you. It's like you. that scene in Half Baked. Who's coming with me? Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming yeah. with me? That's all I want. Come on, guys. Who's coming with me? <laughs> We're going straight. Yeah. For me, a lesson that I learned with my wife was that um, I often felt for a long time that I kind of had to, to side with her parents to kind of like get them to like me a little bit. I just mm. had this feeling so that like sometimes obviously your daughter frustrates you, mom vents. I then leaned into what mom was saying, not really realizing how hurtful that could be to my wife because my wife would right. say the same thing. Like you're supposed to be my best friend. Right. And I need to know that if I'm not in the room, you're going right. to stand up for what you think is right. Mm. And that was when it like really clicked for me that like, I mean, I'm, I'm probably a shitty friend. Mm. I really need to learn how to stand up for the people that I care about, mm. obviously being my wife. So yes, it's definitely something that is needs to be taught. I just don't know if I have it in me to teach. Well, you just hope your kids find that circle. You just too, taught right? it right there. Yeah. yeah. You just did it right there. Just say that to your friend. kid. <laughs> you yeah. yeah, you hope they find that group, right? right like, yeah. Sometimes oh, it takes a little bit of time to find the people that like you end up wanting to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And like I don't know. I'm just being thrown by a loop by Fred talking about like your past saying like that might have been what made you the way you are today. And it's mm -hmm. like as parents, sometimes we try to protect our kids so much from experiencing mm -hmm. bad things. And on a playground, I have no problem letting my kid explore the playground and climb on top of the monkey bars. And I'll deal with a broken arm if I have to, or if he hurt, falls and hurts himself or any of the kids. Like, I love the, watching them explore that. The physical but side. The yeah. physical side of things, yeah. But then when you think about that mental side and, like, mm -hmm. the hardships that they need to work through... I think like I get trapped in the thought of like, oh, is this going to be the reason they're going to go to therapy when they're older? It's because I did this wrong or something. Yeah, the, the, that scene in Parenthood. You made me play second base. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I, I, and there's so many movies like that that have those types of moments that I thought were hilarious, but then you get older and you're like, oh my God, that's, so that's, that's, that's a real thing. The mental side is so much harder because you don't know what's going on in their head. Right. Yeah. Like even if you're communicating with them, like they could always be withholding, like you just yeah. never know. And, and you hear horror stories about kids taking their lives or something like mm -hmm. that when right. they're a little older. And it's, yeah, you just like, you would hate to have not felt like you did whatever you could to help them. But yeah, that's, I think that's the scariest part. The thing what Mentally. Joey said too, is like just knowing yeah. that when they go home, they have someone to talk to is, yeah. I right. really think that's as best you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think part of it too, is teaching your kid to be that for other kids. Yeah. So not necessarily, I mean, it's also, I feel like it's almost impossible to try to teach your kid how to discern that in other kids, yeah. like how to search it out and find, okay, you have to find your friend group that's going to do this for you. I think that's near impossible because kids are so volatile, but if you can teach them to be that for other people, then maybe those type of people will end up being in their circle. Right. Cause I feel like the people that they will want to support will start to become those friends in their life. Maybe. How though? It's I'm just throwing that out there. But like, we're still talking about kids, as in like most of our kids are still very young. So like having those adult conversations with them and stuff aren't as plausible. Yeah. Where like as my like my son getting older and like Fred with his like they they do start to be able to understand that more. And that's what so I'm starting to think of is, I think is it's like, like that as, transition age because yeah. Murph's definitely nowhere close to that point. Right. And like these friendships 
she's not going to keep. Like, you're in right. grade one. Yeah. You don't know anybody now. I'm not worried about that. It is once you get into that six, seven, eight, and into high school, where that's where your friend groups are going to dictate so much of your life. I yeah. think you can still teach them when they're, like, younger, like our kids, like mm-hmm. six like teach them like practices that will be beneficial, like come down the road. Like this morning, I don't, I don't know why I thought to say it, but I was just like, if you see somebody that's looking lonely today, go say hi. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and like, he totally Mm. like, he gets that. Right. And he's like, yeah. And he like literally starts looking around for kids. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I like yeah. He probably won't be friends with these kids that he's in school with right now, like very long. Right. But it's just the, those types of practices like will mm-hmm. be beneficial down the road. I think. Right. That and, they can and, learn now. And having those conversations with them when they're like eight or nine makes it easier to circle back on them yeah, when right. they're like eleven or twelve, and they remember so much more than we realize, yes. yeah. you know? Mm, absolutely. Like, so you, it, like if you keep coming back to that idea of like yeah. loyalty to your friends and just genuine kindness and mm-hmm. just, it was weird yesterday just happening to say like the idea, do unto others as you would to yourself. Yeah. And then it, it came up because we were driving down the road and uh, an ambulance came out and it had the sirens going. So it pulled over, put on the four ways, stopped on the side. And he's like, why are you stopping? And I'm like, because they could, th- there could be somebody in there. there. And he goes, yeah, but you don't know. I'm like, if the lights are going, right. they're going somewhere for a reason and they could be saving somebody's life. And if it was you waiting for the ambulance to come, would you want to make sure that everybody got out of the way? And he right. goes, absolutely. Make it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Treat right. other people the way you want to be treated. Right. Right. And then I'm like, do unto others as you would to yourself. <laughs> I'm like driving down the road. Yeah. Like, well, I can't believe it just organically came to that line. There we go. There we go. Golden rule. You're good. I'm, I'm kind of beating myself up a little bit now because... I feel like I had one of those moments. Cut off an ambulance? <laughs> I almost put a kid in an ambulance. Oh, oh God. Because we went to the zoo, and there's, like, two ways to get down. There's, like, this massive slide to go down, and my daughter's, like, deathly afraid of it. And she was, like, mustering up the courage to go down. Her uncle went down before her to, like, show it was safe. But we told her, make sure that it's clear before you go. And this other little kid with short man syndrome walks up and she like kind of backs up into him and he's like hey you need to watch where you're going and i'm like don't kill him don't kill him don't kill him but she looked at me Mm. and i could tell that she was holding back tears Mm -hmm. and i didn't say shit Mm. and i i feel like i should have and i didn't i haven't even thought about that until just now when we're like you need to teach them this and teach them that and i feel like that's a conversation that i should probably just bring up with her yeah. maybe if it's just us at yeah but you're going to next time you're in that situation you're going to remember like we're kids too we're still just learning you're yeah, still going to make true. mistakes and my father and i have had many discussions where he goes he goes i did it wrong he goes i yeah. made a mistake and he <laughs> goes and all you can do is like know that you screwed up once and not do it again. He goes, did I do everything right? Not at all, but Mm. I tried as best I could. And I I think we get, we get a bit too 
it's like when you realize your parents are just people trying to get yep. through things yeah, too, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, we're making mistakes. Our kids are going to make mistakes. And it's like, at least we have the like emotional fortitude to have those conversations. But yeah, man, I screwed up. Yeah. Right. You know? I think that's the smartest thing you can do. Yeah. Cause next time you're in that situation, you're going to handle it very differently. Oh, I'll fucking throw that kid down. Yeah. I like the enthusiasm, maybe not the right course of action. Well, I get down the stairs and my wife looks at me and she, She's like, I was like, I bet you that's fucking Samuel's kid, dad right there. I was like, I should go pop him. She's like, who's Samuel's dad? Why are <laughs> what is that? happening? How do you know the kid's name is Get Samuel? Because his stupid sister was telling him to back down, and oh, I should have okay. told him to back down. <laughs> you know, that's I, I almost feel like that's like uh, it's good to, that your daughter saw another kid stand up for her, yes. telling him he's out of line. It's like it's one thing for parents to say you're out of right. line, but when other kids are taking your side, mm-hmm. they they gotta figure that stuff out too, and it's it's so hard it was yeah. it was one of those leash moments where yes like, i'm like trying to see if she's mm-hmm. gonna like if she's got a little bit of her mom in her you know just to, like, <laughs> my wife's like, oh, she turns she's she's a newfie so but i just kind of like i was just looking at her like waiting for right. her to like come out of her shell a bit and she just like totally mark racing it on and just like <laughs> got all dave kenny eyed and just kind of looked at me <laughs> and i was like oh i want to be here and then yeah. she heard her uncle at the bottom so she like went down the slide and then it was over right and just right now and i'm just like oh those moments can be teachable and it could it could be a really great conversation to have with her to just show the empathy and to show that like your parents make mistakes too. And Mm -hmm. we we think about these things as well. So I know I got my homework. Our kids are (laughs) watching us, right? Like they see everything we do. They're mimicking us. Like do your kids see you and your ambition, Fred, with like all the things that you're getting into and trying to like keep furthering your career and grow do they see that ambition and do you see that in them or sometimes I wonder if they think that I'm unattentive. Oh yeah. Like yeah. sometimes I uh, legitimately cause of the, the radio play is a, it's a bit of a time vampire and mm-hmm. it's frustrating because in my head I'm like, guys, look, I made a goal. I'm working on it. And yeah. I put in about an hour a day, six days a week since the second week of January. And I've, it's been hard work, and now I've got, like, four and a half episodes left, and then I've done 20 episodes that right. I've, like, produced and done all the audio work, this whole thing. And to me, that's, like, that should be something impressive. And then with the comic book, and then I had to go to Comic-Con in San Diego, and I got to go to, I had to go to Fan Expo, and I'm going to the New York Con, and... All of these things I talk to them about and like I I try and impart the struggle of what it was to make that happen, that it didn't just happen. Mm. But I worry that their sense of immediacy is, well, you're not here now. Right. Right. And that is the the fear. And but I do hope that when they get some perspective of it and they start having these dreams and goals pop into their heads that they'll appreciate the idea that it didn't just happen. I had to put on all this work and I had to make all these personal sacrifices because in their heads, it's, it's sort of like, well, you weren't, you weren't here when I was like hanging out, making fart sounds with my friends, laughing at my sweet fart (laughs) sounds. And it's like, 
I was not <laughs> there <is> for that <laughs> for that moment. But I also I wasn't going out with my friends. Right. I wasn't going out. I wasn't abandoning you guys all yeah. day to do this or to do that yeah. like every single day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it is. It's frustrating. And again, it comes back to that. Like, what are, are we doing anything right? Like, are we, we're just kind of, you know? <laughs> You're having those conversations. Like, yeah, that's the I, right thing you can I, do. I, I talk to them. Like, my oldest is like, he said something, well, you're always just working on mud. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, when? After you go to bed? Because that's when I work on it. Yeah, right. Like, I work on it at night. He goes, well, sometimes, like, in the day you're in your office. I'm like, not working on that. Yeah. Working on other things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? You're downstairs with your friends, like, watching <clears throat> YouTube tutorials on... Like, Zelda, do you want me to go hang out with you and your friends while you're doing it or give you some time with your buddies to do your little wiener stuff that you do? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it just really feels like, how much do I need to be around? Because we had this one buddy in high school named Matt, and it's like, sometimes his dad would like try and like be our buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's me. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and to the point that like, I remember specifically, it was in like the 11th grade. And we were like, what was our first friend that got his license? And we we're like, where, which, whose house were we going to go? And one of them was like, well, not Matt's house. His dad's kind of a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I remember being like, well, we'll just go pick him up. And he goes, we'll call and tell him we're on our way and <laughs> yeah, to meet us out front <laughs> so we don't have to see his dad. So and like the last thing I want is like my kids buddies to be like, oh. Wilford's dad's a loser. Like, right. Hang out with that guy. He's a dork. Shots yeah, so he's like, oh, Star Wars, you guys. Oh. What if I'm what if I'm trying to be around too much? I ruin things for my kids. Right. That is a tricky balance that we don't have to deal with yet. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But still, like, but when, like find like striving for your own aspirations and being able to like go after your own goals but yeah. the effect that that's mm-hmm. taking at home right like yeah. it will always be an incredible like an impossible balance to be able to hold right mm-hmm. but also the balance between like when your kids are getting more like they don't need you as much and they're doing their own thing right. i'm just thinking about that it's right. like cuz right now your kids just want you all the time and eventually they won't and then it's like how much is too much or how much is like not enough. If their friends are around, I'm not. I try to stay away. Yeah. yeah. Right. But if there is just them, I always go and see what they're up to. Right. Yeah. Do Monitor. <laughs> what are you guys? What are you guys doing? Are you, yeah. I'm just watching this. They're all about watching these Lego tutorials now, watching people build things nice. out of Lego. And I'm like, why don't you just build Lego? Like, you got yeah. right here. <laughs> I'm learning out new. These are forbidden builds, Dad. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like, illegal. You're not allowed to do it like that. I'm like, I'm pretty confident <laughs> the OPP aren't going to beat down the door because of the way you're building out of Lego. In fact, I've never been more confident of something <laughs> yeah. in my whole life. Very Other than the confidence I have in regal I, ideas. I knew you the number one exterior aluminum railing system on the market thank you so much for everything you do for our show if you're out there and you're looking to upgrade your backyard deck no better way than to start with the railing look at regal ideas because they're the best i'm actually really excited i have my first crystal rail installation oh, it's in the van waiting pending. for you i know i know i'm very Wonderful. i'm very nervous and you're gonna do great i'm 
I'm already, I'm already. Joey ears. and I have installed videos. If you need to watch I'm them, gonna you watch, can watch I'm going to watch the Forbidden Builds episode. Robots Forbidden Builds. I'm telling you, that's oh, the next that's one. The next, the next title. Screw <laughs> deck stars. That is a legit video, Forbidden Builds. I'm telling that, you, that's, yeah. that's a catchy title. It huh. is. It's good. What are we building on Forbidden Builds, guys? <laughs> this, right? is, this podcast is about to take a turn. <laughs> All right, brainstorm, people. Let's go. <laughs> Are your kids interested in what you do, though? No. So the, like, well, going off on adventures and stuff to do and, like, creating the comic <laughs> books, the web series, like, all of those things they they could care less about? So they don't hear you on the radio and be like, oh, that's my dad. Oh, that might, I, I always, my wife will tell me if they're listening and then I'll make sure the topics that I'm talking about aren't going to cause any <laughs> awkward conversations. <laughs> um, but uh, so I do, do a lot of freelance voice work. You guys were in the mm. house when I was doing, like, auditions for stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so our our oldest got into doing voice work because he was he had a good read and he had a good voice and he spoke clearly and concisely. But the problem was is that he, you just couldn't get him to get the game right. in the sense that he got shortlisted for a role on Paw Patrol. What? Wow. That's crazy. When he was six. And that's the age they want to get you in yeah. to do the voice work when you're that age because you've got a good like three and a half, four years until your voice breaks and they can get you in the role. Right. And he had a meltdown about having to read Paw Patrol because it's a baby show oh. and he doesn't want to do a baby show. And in my head, I'm like, they don't pay you like it's a baby, baby show. show. <laughs> like, that is a good year or two of post-secondary <laughs> paid for right there. The big boy paycheck. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, and it would have got him into the union and it would have right. opened up so many doors for him. And I told him, I'm like, listen, you need to make a decision right now. If you want to do this, you have to tell me. If you don't want to, it all goes away, and yeah. it's fine. And I and I was very clear. And the thing was is that it, I felt like the the sterner of the conversations were happening with with my wife because she had this idea that well he doesn't want to do this when he doesn't have to, and I'm like that's not how it works. Yeah, right. It's like opportunity because you've got an agent who's my agent is getting you an opportunity to even read for something. Yeah. So if he's putting in the time and you're flaking on him, that comes back to me. Right. And so I am not destroying the relationship I have with a guy who has gotten us a lot of work right. because he doesn't want to do a baby show. And then I was, and she's like, "You, so you're mad? I'm like, I'm not mad. I'll be mad if we keep doing this, but like we need to draw a line. And so he had an interest in it, but it was a very, because he's just a little kid. Exactly. It was a kid interest. Yeah, Yeah, it was a kid interest. (laughs) And and it was like, and now he'll say things like, oh, I should do it. I'm like, you know, you say that, but I'm not going to open that door until you're serious. Yeah, right. Prove it kind of. Yeah. Because it can, like, it's like, 
if your child comes and installs crystal railing. Yeah. <laughs> She'd probably do it better than I would. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you got to make sure like to, to like encourage him. And I always thought it was super cool that he wanted to. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a, it is a business, you know, right. it's yeah. like the line from Cypress Hill rock superstar when he says it's a, it's a fun job, but it's still a job yeah. right. and you got to go in and you got to treat it properly. And so, I've done work with Paw Patrol before and you get these kids that come in and you can see the difference mentally with them being the same age as uh, my oldest. And, right. But just mentally, they're on a completely different level. Like they're professional. They come in, they do the job and it's like they're more professional than a lot of adults yeah. that I end up having to deal with, you know? And but that's, what, that's but hard to like, see as a parent, though. I find child. like I just see that, and I'm going, "It's just what type of childhood does that kid have, or the freedom, yeah. or like like who knows what type of like the parent is living vicariously through them, or like what type of limitations those kids are like put on." Yeah, it's you're just, skeptical for sure. Very, very like it just gives me the ick, and I don't like saying that, <laughs> but it does. But it what does. are your icks, Mark? <laughs> we don't have enough time. You know, <laughs> you say it's it's hard to see it when it's your kid. Mm. It's hard to see it until you see it, yeah. right? You know, and then you just you get and it it can be difficult to like pull yourself, but if you're looking through honestly like you're on and i mean you guys have had high school students come and work with you yeah, and right. then you can tell yeah you know you know if they're gonna last or if they're not yeah and when i he had my oldest had a great read and a great like a, a great read like his voice was good his, he was clear he was enthusiastic he didn't sound like he was reading but the ability to go do it eight times in a row right yeah. and sound that good eight times in a row and the desire to sound that good eight times you, in a row isn't there. Do you think that you would be more critical of your son because of how hard and diligent you have had to work to build up your career that you have this kind of like, don't fuck this up for me kind of thing? <laughs> no, I, no, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that it's like, it's like if your kid's playing hockey yeah. and they don't get excited about going to practice and you got to drag them to yeah. practice every day, you know that they're not going to change. But they're not, but like, like I'm not Mario Lemieux. Yeah. I'm not saying you're Mario Lemieux either, but I'm just I saying. I can barely like, skate. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, do, do you feel like because you're opening up those doors and you said you're yeah. bringing your agent in, do you feel like it would be a direct reflection of you kind of thing it or? would if it would if he consistently didn't want to do things yeah right. and so the the for me it wasn't that he said i don't want to do the voice work it was he said i don't want to be on this show because i don't like this show mm -hmm. and it's like you don't have to like the show yeah. we kept trying to explain you don't even need to watch the show yeah right. it's yeah. all that you just got to do the exact same thing like if you're doing like the coolest TV show in the world and you're just reading for it, it's literally the exact same as doing the dumbest cartoon ever because you're just in a microphone reading dialogue, you know? Mm -hmm. And I and if he's not enjoying it, if I'm having to pull a seat, I don't want him to have to do it. Yeah, right. I don't like because I don't want him like what you're talking about that ick feeling. Like yeah. I don't want him to look on his childhood 
of being like, all I had to do was things that I don't like doing, except for right. school, because you got to do that. Yeah. But like other things, like all the extracurriculars. Imagine if like your extracurricular activity growing up was like the one thing you absolutely hated. Yeah. Like I don't want him to have to deal with that, yeah. man. Absolutely. And I, the only frustration comes from. Like, I would have killed for those opportunities. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. I, I would have killed so bad. Yeah. Like, if I could have read for, like, the GoBots. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Gargoyles. Gargoyles. Remember Gargoyles? Oh, Do I ever. Oh. Magic um, School Bus, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Great like, to have been able to read for right. a show like that, like, growing up would have been amazing, but... Mm. I'm not going to begrudge him because he doesn't want to have my dream. Yeah, yeah like there's that There's that Matt Damon meme. It's not my dream. It's your dream. Yeah, but it's a great dream. <laughs> it's like I, I, I've done, I feel like I've pushed enough things on him with Star Wars. It's yeah. like they like Star Wars, but not like I like Star Wars, you know? Fair I'm not even going to go there. Why just trying to get your kids You're not a Star Wars guy? I might listen to me. <laughs> it's a hard no on Star Wars. <laughs> Dave sent out a text and said, "Do not bring up Star Wars." <laughs> Fred loves it. My brother named his oldest son Lucas. That's how much he loves Star Wars. Amazing. Okay, they had father, son, wife lightsabers. So they had like lightsabers, <laughs> like the the color, and then the little baby one there. That's how the thing. Adorable. Is it? Is it adorable? <laughs> Is it adorable? <laughs> so. For years, decades, he's like, you have to watch it. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So my wife and I are like, what do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? And it comes up. We're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. This is, this is going to change my life forever. Lord of the Rings moment right now. So you're a Lord of the Rings fan, though. Well, I liked the okay. movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> Put it on. Boom. Asleep. Three nights in a row. Boom, asleep. Can't can't do it. And which it, one were you trying to watch? Doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter which one. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. I think it does matter. Oh my god, it just I can't. Because it had come up because I had watched them with my kids from like the beginning. We did it chronolo or like from like episode one to episode mm -hmm. nine. So we watched them in that order with the kids. But then Mark was like, "Well, what are these movies all about? Oh my god. How have you not watched yeah. Star Wars? No, it's, I won't do it. I can't do it I physically. It's <laughs> just not in me. But it wasn't like they like loved it. However, uh, Rebels, the animated yeah, yes. series, they absolutely chewed through that series they right. loved that one because it's got like a, there's a little kid exactly as one of the main characters and mm -hmm. that was a cool moment watching them suddenly get super into it right. because of that and so now with the new ahsoka show they're all stoked because it's like nice. that show is now a live series so they're amped about that but we i'm sorry i, I did it i did it i, I started <laughs> i started talking about Star Wars. i'm sorry i'm so sorry i just wanted to see what was gonna happen exactly. i wasn't allowed to bring it up i'm <laughs> but you can do whatever you want to do it's just i always tell like it's with music i always tell the kids like everybody can't like everything like yeah, if exactly. everybody liked the same things life would be so boring yeah the important thing is is never to dump on somebody for liking something different no no absolutely not i would never dump on you for liking star wars even though it's awful <laughs> i understand that a lot of it has to do with nostalgia and you probably just are like living in the past absolutely <laughs> i am it, it was a galaxy a long time yeah, ago exactly. <laughs> far, far and it away. shows the cgi <laughs> is god awful yeah. 
<laughs> but this, we had that with music. It was they were talking about music, and and then my oldest loves Twenty One Pilots. They're like oh, wow. his absolute favorite band, and he just he, he gets it. He likes the music. He likes the lyrical content. He likes everything about it. He likes playing drums to their music. Everything, and his brother always dumps on him for mm. like Twenty One Pilots, and he goes, he hates Twenty One Pilots. I'm like he doesn't hate them. It's just that whenever you play drums, you always play at least one 21 Pilot song. Right. And he always hears it. So he doesn't like it because now all he hears are those songs. He goes, but it's so good. I'm like, I'm not saying that it's not good. <laughs> right. I'm saying that musically, maybe challenge yourself to do something different, but still listen to this band. Right. Like you can like what you like. It's not that. I'll never dump on you for liking something different than me. No, absolutely. It's but challenging yourself like musically is very important to grow. You yeah. Know? Mm. We had a co-op kid. I don't even know if I talked about this before or not, but whatever. The co-op kid, we gave him the ability to play his own playlist one day. Like so we're like, all right, you put on Spotify. <laughs> uh oh. And it was amazing. Oh he had like a bunch of like classic like Blink 182, Green Day, like just like a bunch of songs that I remember listening to growing up and we're like, dude, like you've got a good, like, I like your music. Like I wasn't expecting this out of you. <laughs> and then his parents came one day to drop off like coffee and donuts to say thanks for having him on for the summer and stuff like that. And I was like, when they were leaving, I'm like, man, whoever gave your son his like taste in music, you did a great job. And you just watched the dad's face nah. like, <laughs> beam with excitement. He's like, oh, I did one thing right. <laughs> I got one, I got one. Yeah. <laughs> right now I can't stand whatever music my kids want to listen to. <laughs> oh god. It's the worst. It's Man, awful. My son, the only song he wants to listen to is is Excavator song by Blippy. I don't know if you've ever heard it. <laughs> it's awful. To. I don't no want fun. to. Oh, does it sound me. like an actual excavator? No, it just I won't sing it for you, but I'll play it after. Oh, come on. There's just a dance a and everything that he does give us for a bar. it. So I, I'm an excavator. Oh, okay. Hey, dirt, see you later. Oh, man, I like that. <laughs> and then he, like, scoops it all up. And you need Aiden oh, and Aaron to drop some beat on that yeah. while Mark sings it. That would be awesome. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening. Um, thank you for and letting coming me be to here. hang out yeah, with us. Yeah. It was great. The fact that you jumped onto the Instagram and were like, I just said the Instagram. Oh, that was wow. super old. Wow. The Grams. Wow. Just say the Grams. <laughs> Edit. Make an edit. Grams. The Grams. said that you wanted to come <laughs> hang out with us was awesome. And then I know like this was been a logistical nightmare back and forth between you and I trying to like figure out a day <laughs> that would really actually that work. that bad? It wasn't bad. It was just like, yeah. all right, how about this day? No, how about this day? And then yeah. yes. Oh, now I have to cancel on you. Now you have to cancel. Yeah. But we made it happen. We're yeah. here. We're here. Yes. We made Thanks it. for coming. Yeah, Thank you. What's that? I smell a regular guest. Oh, yeah, I'll come back. All right. <laughs> My wife loves you guys. I can come back. <laughs> Does he not kind of look like Brent Walker, though? No. Uh, he's Brent Walker. Get, he's number he's one fan of the stud. show. Oh, oh man. <laughs> he's I a mean, friend of ours. Fred's uh Fred's arms and, and shoulders. No, and but like traps, from like here like, up. Like not here. I'm not like <laughs> knock knocking Brent or anything. Oh, wow. He's gonna listen to this and be crazy. We didn't we didn't get into like talking about working out or physique or no, how to no. get rid of the dad bod with Fred. So there's a whole nother episode. Oh, I got love handles, pal. There. They're spilling over the sides. I'm just I'm good at picking a good pleat of the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's super important. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an excavator. Oh, okay.
Hey, dirt, see you later. Oh, man, I like that. <laughs> <laughs>